Hello again. Welcome back to the Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. Sam and Maisie join me. Hi, guys. Hello. All right, Helen. How are you? All good. Good. We are, of course, continuing to bring you some of our classic episodes from the archives while we take a little break over the summer. Today, we're going to focus on Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, who we recorded a podcast with half ago. How long ago? What did you say? You ran out. Sorry. What's up? What's going on, mate? We, we don't know what's going on. You're not saying anything. You just stop with the started laughing. All I can hear is... The kids. Sorry. Helen has disappeared. This is the intro. This is the intro now. We're using this audio. Something else is going into the headphones, isn't it? She just stops and then run off shouting, Johnny! Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she... Yeah. Johnny, can you do a podcast? Yeah. While we're on. While you're in lockdown doing nothing. Yeah, in isolation. <laughs> in isolation. Yeah. Ah, busy. Polishing his FA Cup winner's medal. Right. Oh. Door slammed. Hello. Hello. What's happening? Sorry, guys. Basically, I was just talking and then all I could hear was five little monkeys jumping on the bed. Jolly! Helen, <laughs> 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 um, the worst thing is you know this is the intro. You know this is all going in. <laughs> Johnny's on the phone to his dad. Eli's watching Five Little Monkeys and both things keep connecting to my airpods. Johnny. Uh, Johnny. I so wish this was live. What are you doing? I've just heard you talking to your dad through the speaker. She honestly should just have a laptop and a pair of headphones connected with a wire. Mm. That's all she should have. That's, that's too difficult. That's brilliant. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> Welcome back. In Welcome my back. head, I could hear, fa- or no, sorry, I in my head I knew what was going on, but obviously you didn't. Um, no. Did you get that? <laughs> where did we stop? We've no idea, but I don't know where we were. <laughs> so you were talking monkeys. to us, Helen, about five little monkeys. Jumping on the bed. Hmm. I don't remember that in the Soul Sharp podcast, but I don't remember Ollie mentioning that. It was a while ago. This is why I should just have one lead that connects to my headphones. Not yes. all this wireless technology. It just does not suit me. That is just what Tasker's just said. Uh, see, I didn't hear him because all I could hear was Johnny on his phone and five little monkeys. Anyway. Um, oh, I'm not recording. <laughs> oh, Tasker, I hope you're recording this. Right, okay, sorry. Sorry, guys, sorry, sorry, sorry. Right. Focus. So, December 2019, we all went to the Aeon Training Complex to meet Ollie. He'd been in the job just under a year by that stage, and we were kind of doing his year review. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. he's still got the job because of us. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The we've, year we've, review went well, didn't it? We built him up, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. He's not changed though, Macy, since you met him. No, no, since I played with him, he's exactly the same. Exactly the same, still chirpy and bubbly and um, driven by wanting to be successful. And um, I think you get that in the podcast, what he wants from the team, what he believes Manchester United's all about. One thing I think you get when you meet Ollie is how personable he is. And I would say probably that's shown in his management, one of his greatest strengths would be man management. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's not afraid to to make decisions, tough decisions. You know, you've got superstars at the club, and he's not afraid to make changes and to, to leave players out. And I think that's that's a trait is 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 learnt from from Sir Alex. I'm sure of that. And you had your special T-shirt on for him that day too, Sam. I did. Yeah, I bought when I was like 15. The fact yeah. that that still fits you still baffles me. It was like a boob tube on it. <laughs> It's not, it's quite loose. It's a, I think I just bought a massive T-shirt when I was younger. Why would you buy like a size triple XL? Because you wouldn't, a good have, question. you wouldn't have perceived to, to be now six foot four and like like a streak of bacon. No, but I probably wasn't that far away when I was 15. I was probably about the same sort of size. For people who right. are listening and don't know what the T-shirt looks like, it says 20 legend. legend. Yeah, it's like the banner at Old Trafford. Yeah. Yeah. Is it official merchandise or is it a knockoff? It is not official merchandise. I bought it from a market okay. stall outside Old Trafford. 
You cannot buy that in the megastore. No, you can't. <laughs> no, but looking at Sam this morning... Go on. I think he has been to a market and um, <laughs> bought something. I'm not quite sure what it is. It looks like a deck chair. And his shorts he's gone are even worse. But we can't really see his shorts. But anyone out there who likes stripy purple and dark blue, and that is what Sam's wearing today. There's a lot going on. I think it looks good. It's very summery. And he's got a beard. Sam has got a beard. Look, how have you... This podcast has gone to pot here. Shall we listen to Ollie? Yes, let's. Listen let's to his assessment on. of his first year. Here he is. Sam, you've got to talk about the T-shirt. What, on the podcast? Oh I, just, I bought this from a stall outside of Trafford when I was 15. Uh, it doesn't say much for my physical development that it still fits me perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> but seemed like a good time to wear it. <laughs> Seems like he's washed a couple of times as no, well. No, it was always a bit grey. Okay, all right. So it's not, so you're not, it's not worn just dirty. Really. No, I have. I've, actually, I've worn it. I've yeah, I wear it quite a lot. <laughs> We're on kicking off on Monday. I like how you roll the sleeves up to show your cans off. <laughs> just want to let people know. Yeah, they came yeah. in handy them on the train. They did. Scared the guards so, away, yeah. didn't they? Absolutely. Yeah. And they were going to arrest you. Um, yeah. Ollie, how's your day been? Very good so far. Have you listened to any of the podcasts yet? No, I haven't. No. I've got to say. Tell you what you're really like. The Ashley Young one. He said he never got the hairdryer once or any kind of uh, sort of shouting encouragement from Sir Alex. Until I came. Yeah, well, <laughs> we were hoping somebody would have done it by now. Well, he didn't need a hairdryer, Ash, did he? He's, he's got no hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, he's a, he's a good lad and he's, um, he always does his job. And he's, um, he's one of them that you can trust to do any. He's been right wing, left wing, right yeah. back, left back. I'm thinking about playing him in centre midfield uh, a few months or a few weeks ago because we're struggling in midfield, so he can play anywhere. Nice. Okay, so usually what we do is we talk about um, players and their sort of early years, then their careers and okay. so on. Obviously, we've got mountains to go through with you. So okay. we'll start at the because beginning. Because I'm that old, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, just because you're doing a lot. Yeah, interesting. interesting That's yeah. the word, Helen. Let's start at the beginning then. Happy yeah. childhood for you. Yeah. Tell us about your dad being a wrestler or... It's going to be quick, this one. <laughs> right, Ollie, it's been great. Your dad. Tell you what, thanks a lot. That's yeah. absolutely fantastic. No, well I was born in Christensen, little uh, fishing village or city, town, whatever you want to call it, uh, 25,000. I lived in a house with, a, with my sister, four years younger than me, mum and dad. Dad was a wrestler, played football. He introduced me to Klaus Nengen, which was a fantastic club. And had a, an old English coach, Harry Game. He was from Bournemouth or something. Right. And he probably that's where I um, that's where I got my uh, interest in football. Do a lot of wrestling? No. Um, three seasons, if you if you'd like, like a winter season. But the next guy or the guy I was wrestling against, he's my friend now, and he was the best in Norway, and he threw me around. And no, not he for me. He chose football then? Yeah, I chose <laughs> football. He chose football as well, to be fair. He was decent, but he was very good at wrestling as well. I was just dizzy, sick after every session. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a laugh. Yeah, exactly. So my dad was a bit disappointed there, I think. Were you a football maniac yeah. when you were younger? Yeah, definitely. All... All team selections, every match of the day on Saturday, listen to the radio. It, it was always English football. And you used to love football manager, right? Yeah, I played football manager many, many, many hours. And uh, especially when, you, when you're a player yourself, you've got so much time to, to kill. Do you remember uh, when you first uh, signed for Mulder and, and sort of your football career really got going as a professional? Yeah. I, uh, I wasn't sure... I, I was a nice lad, and there was in between Bran and Mulder, do, who do you sign for? I gave him that Sunday they were going to ring me, 50-50, I wasn't sure. So whoever rang first was going to get a yes, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, signed for Mulder. Ogehara, they used to play here in, over in England, Norwich and Man City, yeah. Norway. He's, he's been a coach for Mulder and for Norway with me, fantastic uh, coach. And he made me a, a man, and then 18 months I was there. And talk to us about after Molde then what happened. Did well for Norway one game when Jim Ryan was watching Ronnie Onsen. I scored two decent goals. Mark McGee was sat next to him. Was that by chance then? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, they were just watching Ronnie. Yeah. So Jimmy Ryan says, um, 
asked Mark McGee, so who, what are you looking for? He needs a forward because he was manager at Wolverhampton at the time. So after I scored them two goals and Mark McGee was next to him looking for a striker, Jimmy or Jim rang yeah. the gaffer straight away. I need, I found someone, we need to be quick. I think someone else might be interested. And that's it. Apparently Liverpool and Bayern Munich as well. Yeah, Cagliari, a couple of other teams, a PSV. But um, I wouldn't change the only history. To, it was only one yeah. choice. It was fantastic when, when uh, the call came. The owners of Mulder asked asked me to come to the office. Got this offer. Do you fancy it? Yeah. Okay. They were going to go on holiday next couple of days. So they, uh, but no, Martin Edwards was going to go on holiday as well, and we had to come the next day. And their private jet was down by some fault, so they they booked uh, and rented another private jet just to fly me over. That's, That's nice, isn't it? Did That's you get nice. that, from Blackburn, well, well, from from Middleton, no. Taxi. We got a taxi, yeah. <laughs> yeah, star taxis. I was six quid in a taxi then. <laughs> were you were you nervous or worried about leaving Norway? Because is it like that's nah. a huge decision, isn't it? No, nah, it's a life once in a lifetime opportunity. You've got to, of course, the first time you meet the boys, you're nervous. But we speak English quite well in Norway, and I wasn't worried about that. How, what did your family think at the time? Of course, proud, and it's a big, big move. I remember me and my dad, because uh, I got a five-year contract, and we were looking at if if I stay five years, I can survive on this money. <laughs> so yeah, so, so uh, proud. We were all me and my dad. We always said, let's go to England, watch a game of football in the top division in England, or not one, just go over Easter. Yeah, yeah. So two, three, four games. So it's always been. They've always been my idols. English football, I've always looked up to it. Who, who were the players when you were younger that you, you looked at? Was there anybody, like there was a forward that you thought, this is who I'd like to play like, or did you always focus on your own game? Well, I tried to learn from as many as possible. Marco van Basten was one of my favourites. In those 88 Euros, I'm 15 then, but Kenny Dalglish, uh, Mark Hughes was one of, the, one of the ones you were looking at, volleys and the technique. Uh, quite a few. I, I just... Wanted to learn uh, as much as I could. Alan Shearer was not bad. It was all right. Um, I heard he was dearer. Yeah. <laughs> <Nobody else>? yeah. <laughs> um, what was your first meeting with Sir Alex like? I was nervous then because you're afraid that you're going to say something daft that he's going to have a wrong, you know, first impression. And I knew I wasn't, uh, he'd not seen me play a game. So it was an important uh, wow. meeting for me. So Did you come over with Ronnie then at the same time? No, it was oh, just, it's just me. Just, just me. And we had fish and chips at Old Trafford, old uh, restaurant back there. And we maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, and where he said, use his first six months in the reserves. Then after Christmas, maybe we can integrate you into the first team squad. But that didn't happen, did it? Because Andy Cole got injured. Well, he didn't get injured. He had to have an operation. Oh, did uh, he? Okay. He yeah. had... Uh, yeah, the piles, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Can't really say that, can you? It's a kind you of injury. Got, you, no, yeah, that's you, it, hey. yeah. Anything can be said on the podcast. <laughs> he was injured. We can, yeah. just, we can just bleep it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah you bleep it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What was it like, Ollie, coming Bit of a <laughs> injury, like. <laughs> and coming into the dressing room when you first met uh, all of the... the you players. know, when I first came, Nicky Butts, the first one I meet uh, on, the, on the car park at the cliff, and he brings me, hi, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. And then he brought me down to the dressing room and you, you're nervous, but you realise quickly that they're normal lads, just good at playing football. And um, I think they had a laugh at my expense, uh, the boys, because uh, I've got to be honest enough, I didn't look like I was a, a ready-made Mad United player in like youthful looks. Yeah, cl Little did they know. <laughs> like, oh my God, who's this Bambino is on trial or something? Like, Jesus. And then take him out on the pitch, you're like, wow. Wow. But didn't a tour guide didn't realise you were at the club to sign, did they? Yeah, no, that was at uh, Old Trafford, yeah. Uh, they were just negotiating the, the deal inside Old Trafford and I, they were giving me a, a, a tour. And he just asked me and I said, well, I'm here to sign, <laughs> sign a contract. Yeah, that he, every day, that, mate. Yeah, that every day. Yeah. Well, the Norwegians coming over. He actually gave me his pen to, to sign the contract with. So, oh, that's uh, nice. Just a proud moment for him as well, I think. Yeah. Please tell me if I'm completely wrong. But I wonder, are there any, do you think there are any parallels between you 
And Dan, James now, because you mentioned that when you signed, so Alex said you probably do six months in the reserves and you've mentioned this season that Dan is probably playing more than you might have expected him to play. Yeah, you can you can make similarities. And you, I probably said to Dan when I spoke to him, you'll, you'll get 15, 20 games and he's already done that. So yeah. uh, <laughs> he's, uh, we knew that he was going to be a good good addition to our squad. But he he took the level maybe quicker than I thought and he's, he's such a top top boy that you want to um, to help and guide so no he's impressed me so when did you start to feel like you really had a handle on playing for Manchester United because the fans fell in love with you so quickly I played no I, I felt it straight away in training because I, I loved training uh, scored a few goals played what was it like Maisie? so <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not just doing that because you're it I, I, I've said it all along I'd probably is the best finisher I've ever worked with. But what pissed me off more <laughs> was that the amount of times he'd put it through your legs. Yeah. Maybe that was just you. No, because I, 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 no. know, I know exactly what he does. And watching him after I left United or looking back at goals, the amount of times he go through defenders' legs. And I think, obviously, it's not luck. There's an art to it. And yep. you know exactly what yeah. they're going to yep. do because you study defenders and you study how people, yep. what people are. And they'll lunge in. But if you... Pretty much like um, Mason's goal. Yeah, it's exactly the same. He's, he does that a few times. Uh, that's what he does, Mason. Have you told him that? No, it's just natural for him as well. Yeah. Uh, and the goal uh, he scored against Leighton Baines. Now, I did that and against Leighton Baines yeah. in 2006, I think it was. And I've scored a few of them, And but Mason does as well. But if you close your legs, he'll bend the top corner. Mm. So you can't. You, you either so have to so, try yeah. to block the. So he's good at. At the last minute, there he changes his mind from "I'll curl it" to cutting it back through his legs. Yeah, I'd find that very hard to teach. Yeah, but it's a we're talking about Ogihara there in the start. He was the one that really, really mentioned it to me. That made it clear to me that the keeper relies on his defender. Yeah, that corner. he says himself. Yeah, yeah. So keeper has to rely on his help, and so he goes far post, defender goes near post, and if you can get it through his legs, brilliant. We might not put this out on the podcast because everyone will go. Listen, they've listened to the podcast. But the thing <laughs> is, with Mason, you can't do anything. But the thing with Mason, he can, he can cut it back to his right foot. He can he can curl it round you. Yeah. So far corner. So he'll make a decision there and then mm. in a split second if he's gonna have to bend it or go through his legs. So I, I'm, I'm not worried about. It. They can they can read all they want. He's both footed as well. So yeah. natural. Yeah. And what is he? Is he right foot? Is he left foot? I don't think he knows, but he takes penalties with his right yeah. and free kicks with his left. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's bad, that, isn't yeah. it? As you say, there's something that can't be taught. That's just football intelligence, isn't it? I think it is. It's something that you, uh, over time, you get just get used to. It's, you have the knack of how how do I need to finish this to, to score a goal? Yeah. yeah. Uh, very quickly, obviously. He didn't like Maisie didn't like play against you in training. Did you like facing Maisie in training? No, <laughs> because he's one of them that, especially when the ball's in the air, he gets the knee up your backside <laughs> and you, you you can't walk for the rest of the se- session. And Maisie was, uh, I loved playing with Maisie. We had that little little yeah, connection did. when mm. you came out with the ball and I maybe dropped short, but I, he knew I wanted it in behind and he had that little float, nice yeah. little curly ball in behind. What was it Sir Alex said about your passing? Best yeah. pass of the ball he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's been really told us that what? a few times. Yeah. What? No, You've never not, heard Maisie tell that story. I've never heard that. He told us the other week. Yeah. One of the things you say to me that I don't want to hear. He actually said it at the 20 years reunion. Still the best pass I've ever had at the back. Wow, specifically at the back. <laughs> well, there's four players at the back. Yeah, so. but it limits it a little bit, doesn't it? Still cool though. It's nice. No one's saying it about me. It makes it better, to be fair. Yeah. Best of the back four. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Ollie, yeah. talk to us about your relationship with the fans when you were playing here. What can I say? It's just uh, so I played this first game in the um, uh, in the reserves against uh, Oldham Boundary Park. Scored two in that one. On the way back, on the coach, the first team you played uh, Everton. Mm-hmm. Big Dunk scored two, yes. two each. Yeah. Remember that game? Turned Pally on the far pole, on the edge of the box, yep. killed it, yep. and beat me at the far post. Yeah, 
Yeah, I remember it well. So cheers, cheers I'm on. like, <laughs> so, so I'm, so I'm, I listen to this, and then Coley gets his unfortunate injury, and then next game I'm in as a sub, and I score after six minutes, and from then on. Do you know you came on for that day? It was, was it you? No, it was, yeah. was it you? Yeah. You were Pally, yeah? One of the centre-backs, because yeah. we were 2-1 down. That's how it needed a goal. Long ball, Jordi Croy flicks it That's on, right. and I score, and since then. I think the fans have just liked the way I've, uh, I just gave everything. I just, I wasn't the most talented, uh, not the most skillful. I could score goals, and I ran, and I tackled. Speaking of uh, tackles... Yeah, Newcastle. That's not a tackle, that's just a trip. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it seems to go viral online, like every six months people will go, oh, do you remember this? Yeah. And I think if you watch it, you can sort of lip read you saying to Beckham something like, had to. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, that's because uh, I couldn't catch, I'd actually ran out of steam. Because if you look at the, <laughs> yeah, we were one each. One each was calm. Three, game, yeah. three games to go. We ended up the, the league losing by one point to Arsenal that year. So we get across a corner, across it, everyone's up there in their box. And it ends up, I think it's Dennis or Bex that whips it back in, and I'm the last man standing, or la the furthest man back for us. And I'm about four yards outside the, the box, the other side. Yeah. So it's about a 70-yard sprint there. It's, you're pegging back so well. I think I did well. Yeah. I did actually have... Because had, had a huge lead I on had you. had a decent stride and I wasn't slow. But I was done. Five <laughs> metres before I <laughs> caught him, I was just done. And I had to catch him before the 18-yard uh, line. What was going through your mind? That we need... To no, win no, this game. No, no, that, but as just before you'd like... No, oh, no, I can't. I, I, I won't be able to get the ball. Early on, I felt that I'm catching yeah, him. Catching catch him. No, I'm not. So I'm, I needed to um, stop him. Yeah, tell him for the team. Yeah, I did. And I was absolutely slaughtered by the gaffer after. <laughs> I don't, loved you for it. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> loved me and the supporters loved me yeah. for that. But the gaffer slaughtered me. And I don't know if you remember, but inside the dressing room, he absolutely killed me. Mm. And in his office next day. Again? Yeah. Because I had to remember, uh, first of all, is the, the point is we don't do that at Man United. And I hold my hands up, we don't. But I was young and I was, it was just, we don't do it. But second thing was, it was uh, Robert Lee. Yeah. He hasn't got a great goal scoring record, son. <laughs> <laughs> and Raymond was in a great position. Yeah. So, but a um, couple of weeks wages, fine. Worth it though. Yeah, it's a good story, isn't it? Definitely. It's a good that's story. one of the things that the fans loved about you, as you said, you give your all. And of course, one goal defined, you know, everything about your Manchester United career. But there was the hundreds and hundreds of other goals. But is there anything you can tell us about that goal in 1999 that we don't already know? Is there any questions you haven't been asked about that? <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think so. I think it's, uh, it's, but it's one of them goals that I'm not real. Yeah, you're proud that you've scored it, but it's not a goal that I've been practicing. And I was a, uh, a uh, sucker for practicing and wanting to perfection in my finishes. I always said there's no such thing as a good save, it's only a bad finish. So when I scored lucky goals, scruffy goals, I never really celebrated. And that's but that's one goal. I never practiced that finish. But I think then instinct, in, yeah, I celebrated, <laughs> but instinct I think took over. It's just, it's just like because if you try that again, you'd guide the ball over or wide. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> lucky, lucky, yeah, but, not lucky. But, but it's lucky. But better to be lucky than good sometimes. But uh, you you earn your luck at times. Do I mean for Manchester United fans worldwide? I think these words are like a prayer in that they have a genuine emotional reaction to them. I wonder if they mean anything to you because you were on the pitch and you were playing at the time. But just the sentence: you have to feel this is their moment. Is this their year? Beckham into Sheringham, and Solskjaer has won it. Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times, but as we, it's strange when you're on the pitch or when you're there, you're just doing your job, and that's what we're so good at, that team especially. Yeah, we never thought about the consequences, we just played. We never talked about the treble, we never talked no. about all this. We just had a great last 10 days, four or five parties, and a couple of tra training sessions <laughs> and a few games. Yeah. Do you remember the celebrations? Because we've spoken to some of the guys, um, I mean, Dennis Irwin in particular, doesn't necessarily remember a lot of being on the uh, the parades and the coaches and stuff. Well, that's got 
That's d- different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dennis went to bed early. I can't believe he went to bed early. Yeah. Strange. What time was early, though? Like 6 a.m.? Well, yeah, true, probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was uh, early, as in late. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't many hours sleep, a couple of hours maybe, 8 till 10. And then I hated the next day, really. I just wanted to get back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. The open bus, uh, oh, no, not for me. Because you didn't want the... the, You didn't want the... Tired, knackered, uh, but it's not me either. I'll be surprised if you find a picture with anything else but me and Yap and Paul Skull sat in the back just waiting for this to be over. So you weren't a party animal? No, not really, really, no. Not from, no. Not no. compared to your oh, teammates? No, I remember you dancing around the, uh, on the cup a few times. Yeah, on the dance floor. Yeah, like. there, there was a few, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were, there were a few that night, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't great the day after, I have to say. I'm not, I'm not used to it, but I had a great night that night. That must be difficult because, I mean, I'm sat here in a t-shirt dedicated to you that I've yeah. owned 15 years, but people must constantly talk to you about your career, specifically that night. Yeah. And, I mean, you must be signing things and people telling yeah. you it was the greatest moment of their lives and things. So is that, many times. Yeah, is that weird to deal with? It's not weird. It's just become part of me mm-hmm. and part of my history. And uh, But I always said to myself when Ted, no, when Teddy scored, like, fantastic, half an hour uh, in, a, in a Champions League final, I'm, <laughs> I'll be able to play yeah. now because I'll learn from this. Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll, I'll become a better player. Then I scored and ruined that. And I never became a better player. Of, I never got the experience of really playing in a big game. And uh, But it's just part of me. I, I don't really look back on these things. It um, doesn't bother me. Very humble, though, because we did a podcast with Lou Macario. It was actually very emotional and I'm sure you can listen to it but he actually had said that he'd had a very sad time before the the final obviously his his son dying but he'd said in the podcast that that's why he has a soft spot for you because at that moment I Mm. think he'd said Sam you know he was so happy in that moment that was the first time he'd felt happy and you know it was really emotional we were all crying but Mm. there must be so many people that come up to you and say things such as that about that moment Definitely, and so many men saying exactly that, and just add towards the end, please don't tell my wife. Yeah. <laughs> As in, okay, the wedding day and the birth of their kids. Uh, but yeah. uh, no, it's uh, no, nah, it's just not me to to uh, think too much on on these things. But so, following you score the goal, then you do a you do a knee slide. Yeah, you get injured. Yeah. You were then out for a few weeks, and was that the same injury? No, that it was a new injury yeah. that followed. Okay, yeah, I just missed a couple of uh, games for Norway. I think we met Brazil in Oslo, but also a game in Azerbaijan for Norway. So it wasn't too big too a deal. Well. Yeah, <laughs> how did you cope with being injured? But like when it when it came later on, the in big injury. The, yeah, I'm. Uh, I do think a lot, and I d- did think that this might be the end of my career, but then I really wanted to get back and playing football and I wanted Noah to remember me as a Man United player. He was three when I got injured and he was six when I finally scored a goal again and he he remembers that goal and because my dad would go back to the wrestling he was a wrestler I never seen him wrestle okay so that was my motivation really yeah. for him to remember me as a player because I'm fed up listening to my dad talking about his uh, wrestling uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, successes. And wasn't, uh, but wasn't Noah's favourite player Wayne Rooney? He was, yeah. So, uh, but that's, that was fine. Waza was a top, top uh, lad as well. And he was, he's so great with kids, Wayne. And he was great with Noah. And that's probably more than uh, on the pitch, probably. Did you always have coaching in your mind, even whenever you were here? Were you always aware that, you know, I'm going to take this in, I'm going to learn this from Sir Alex? To be honest, coaches? no. Uh, I don't think any of the players would look at me as a manager uh, I, I, you can ask no, no. I, I wouldn't have said that I've looked at you certainly a coach coach yeah, yeah. I was interested in football all Always. the time yeah. really but there was a point I just wanted to get out of football because it was too much this club is a monster and it's massive headlines in the press all the time and I thought when I'm done with football I'm done but then I got injury after this injury I thought mm, I might not play again I need to start doing my coaching badges and the day I had to retire finally, 
Gaffer gave me a job offer here within 20 seconds. Oh. So I couldn't say no, could I? How, how did you come to that decision? And was that very difficult? To retire? No. Mm. Uh, we had a training session here, start of 07-08 season. I'd had an operation in the summer. I knew I wasn't going to be able to play more than 45 minutes, never 90 again. But I felt, well, if I can help the team with a 20-25 minute cameo at the end of games, maybe add five points to the yeah. to the to the tally at the end, I'm useful because I was probably the best at coming off that thing. Yeah. And that that was my aim to come back as a, and be a specialist in 20-25 minutes and just be fit enough to do that. But then I remember a four v four possession session and my knee just bang. Flew to or I drove to Wally Range, did an MRI, and I needed another operation. And I decided, no chance, I'm not going to do that. So uh, I uh, drove back, thinking, what am I going to tell the gaffer? Because you didn't want to let him down. No. You never wanted to disappoint him. And I'm driving, and as I'm parking, he's coming out at the, uh, just behind us here now, and he's, how are you, son? And I'm ah, not great. I need another operation, so but I'm not going to do it. I need to retire. Well, don't worry, son. You've had a fantastic career. You've, your family must be so proud. This last season was fantastic. Why don't you coach my forwards? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But go home for a few weeks and then come back when you're ready, he said. That's how, how long did you go away for before you came back? I think I was away for about three weeks. Then I came back and uh, he just integrated me into uh, the first team set up and I coached, it was Cristiano, Waza, uh, Tevez was there. Danny no pressure well, then, nah, there was no pressure. They had loads to learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever Cristiano or Wayne or they'd scored through the defender's yeah, legs, yeah. I nudged no one, yeah. that's your dad teaching, <laughs> that's, your dad. <laughs> that, that's your dad told him that. Interesting though that you hadn't always had coaching on your mind, but Sir Alex seen that in you. I was always like a football enthusiast and like for, uh, mad for football. I always used to um, write the team selections and when I used to listen to the radio, watch the games. So probably, and play all these uh, football manager games. So it's probably been, been in me, but there was a point where I just wanted to get away from the headlines and limelights. What would you have done though? I'm good, at, good with numbers. I would have been an accountant or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so I'm glad I didn't uh, pursue that career. <laughs> Looking at your managerial career now, eh? yep. how much of the gaffer do you have in you when things are going I would, also good and also bad? I wouldn't be a manager if I hadn't met Sir Alex. Um, of course, I've learned everything I yeah. can about managing people and managing football clubs and football teams from him. And when situations do turn up, you think, think back, yeah. How what would, did he do? He what did he do? What did I remember? We lost five-one to Haugesund away from Mulder. Mm -hmm. And do you remember what he said after we lost five-nil to Newcastle, and we lost to Galatasaray, and we lost to Southampton? Southampton six-three, yeah, yeah. Three games on the bounce. We lost all them three. He gathered us at uh, down at the cliff, and he got got us together. Said, if there's any in you. Uh, and you've got uh, you can take your mortgage, put all the money on your, yourself winning the league, because you'll never get better odds. And I thought, wow. So and we won the league, and we, yeah. but we never put the money oh. on, did we? <laughs> but that's so I used that trick with Mulder when we lost five nil, five one away, and just just to give the boys that confidence of we believe in you, mm -hmm. and we did win the league for the first time in the club's hundred year history. So. Them little things. Yeah. He was, he was we unbelievable. Spoke to, um, we did a Victor yesterday, mm -hmm. and I mentioned about the air dryer. Yeah. So we all had the yeah. air dryer. Every, yeah. That's a given. And I said, does Ollie have it in him? And he went, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he wouldn't go into it, because nope. we yeah. try getting, you know, what, yeah. what, what situations. Yeah. But, you know, you look at other managers that would tend to take a step back and think, well, I'll have a quiet word with him. And I, I've, I've always said to people, or people always said to me, what's Ollie like? And I went, I'm telling you now, he kicked 10 bells out of your grandma <laughs> to get the win. And you, and you would. You would to get that win. And, and that self-drive, that self, that will to win is what the gaffer had, yep. what, what he instilled in us. Yep. Now, do you, and, and I know because obviously Victor told me, and, and I knew anyway, that you're nasty anyway. Yep. 
<laughs> Thanks. But, no, no, that's, yeah, no but that's you don't have to, yeah. No, but that that's 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 instilled you. And then you've got I mean you're managing superstars now. You might think it's only Ollie, you know, ex player, this, that, the other. But I take it now that you think I'm the boss. If you're yeah. you know, you're not doing your job, that's it. Whoever yeah. it is. Of course it is. It's they I'm I'm in charge of picking the team, mm-hmm. and we want Man United to to become what we used to be. We want to win again. Yeah. We want to win trophies, and if you don't pull your weight, and if you don't sacrifice yourself when it's supposed to be done, and if you don't give hundred percent, mm. we, I don't, I don't know whether we, we have a nice little quiet word. Mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, See, in my office, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But no. I don't know whether I don't know whether David Moyes would have had that in him or uh, Louis know. Van Gaal or. Even Jose? I don't know, but I can't change my ways. And I'm the same with my kids. Yeah. If if they do their best, if they try, fine. Mm-hmm. If they blatantly make a decision of not doing what we've yeah. agreed or let themselves down by lack of effort. Then they need talent. They I imagine it's telling. a different conversation with your children <laughs> and Manchester United players though. Oh. Why? Why? Same value, values. It's the same. You're on about the language. The Maybe yeah, the yeah. language <laughs> might mm, depends. Noah's 19, so he can he can take, <laughs> he can take it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to take you back to Cardiff as well, yep. Ollie. Um, I'm sure. Does that feel like a lifetime ago now that you're yeah. here? Yeah, definitely. And I've always been an optimist. Maybe naive. Maybe an idiot. Uh, but I've always had the belief in the back of my mind that I would manage Man United. That I can. I even. Even when I was in the in the reserves here, you started thinking about that. That must have been a great learning curve with the reserves. It, yeah, it was because some fantastic players, but it's so different because the gaffer. If if I had to leave players out, I just said, "Well, the manager wants me to play Johnny, for example, in in the reserves." So sorry, uh, or whoever I had to leave out, that was easy. Corey, I, I've got to leave you out for yeah. your brother. <laughs> but it's it's one of them that um, when I went to Cardiff. I thought, no, no chance ever again for Man United job. I went to Cardiff because I thought it's a potential for me to do well with them and then impress everyone at Man United. Because that's always been my the drive. You want to come here. and that's. Uh, but it didn't work out. I went back to Molde. So when I signed a new contract there, I always said, if Man United come in, I want it in my contract, I can go for a, on a free. If they come, if they call... I'm daft or naive or stupid enough to build, still believe that, and of course they, no one would think that after what I did with uh, with Cardiff. Did so you have that written into your contract? Yes, right? I did. That was the only club. Yeah, and then almost a year to the day, you got the phone call. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Uh, no, it's yeah. They probably the, the phone call was a year today. Probably tomorrow is the first day I, I worked. Yeah. yeah. So when we're talking here now, it's actually, uh, and I was trying to get hold of Mick Phelan because I knew I needed. Mick with me, and he was apparently was doing a coaching session at the college up in Burnley. Right, couldn't get hold of him. So from the morning when I got the the call, and I rang him, and I rang him, and I rang him. I rang the gaffer first, by the way, and said, "I've been offered this, and what do you think?" Yeah, you'll be fine. And I said, trying to get hold of Mick because I knew I needed him. And uh, about three or four o'clock in the in the afternoon, I finally got hold of him, and he said, "Yeah," and. he had about 150 missed calls yeah. as well. I think the gaffer <laughs> tried to ring him, to left a message, you need to speak to Ollie. Because, yeah. so. But for Sir Alex to say to you, you'll be fine. Yeah. That's all you need, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It's uh, He believes in you. He does, yeah. I, I, well, he says that to me anyway. He, uh, of course he does. I use him. I, uh, at times, we speak to him uh, when we need to. He's in here. He's, he's, it's great to see him back here. But that when he said, yeah, you'll be fine. And I knew that Ed and uh, Joel, uh, they've been speaking to Sir Alex and asking him, what do they think? Could he do this job? And if that's So you knew that in advance of getting the phone call? No. Oh, so, so no, I've spoke to him. Uh, oh, since? spoke to him after. Yeah. Yeah, Ed told me as well, we've spoken to Sir Alex. And of course, we've, they've done their yeah. research. So when you got the call, was it like, to- did you even, did you, was there a part of you thinking, well, they're going to need a manager? I mean, maybe. <laughs> no, 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 uh, not really. But then again, you're, I'm daft enough. So until I've always been an optimist. Until that English number comes up. 
plus like, four, four, all <laughs> one, <laughs> plus four, all one, six, one, you're like, oh, that's Manchester. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, plus four, yeah, one, six, one, six, two, five, da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that number from uh, way back. No, it's um, just one of them things that you take as an honour. And then I remember I was nervous walking in here, first meeting with the players. Yeah. Which you never know. Yeah, we haven't actually clarified. Right now, we're sat in the players' briefing room, yeah. aren't we? And when the door yeah. opened earlier, yeah. with Michael Carrick walking in. Yeah, he was going to have a meeting here, it looked like as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, here's the first meeting, and they sat there waiting, of course. I spoke to Karras um, that the day after they rang, so he told me what they've been doing in training and just had a good chat with him. Michael's a top, top uh, yeah. guy. Did you have an idea for if this ever happened, what you would do, what of you would course, be doing? Of course, uh, I've always followed Man United since uh, since I signed for us. And um, you had your own ideas how this team needs to be playing and who shouldn't be here and who should be here. It's a football cliche as well, isn't it? Taking each, day, each game as it comes. But for you, is that all you were thinking about when you took the job? One game at a time or in the back of your head? Were you thinking, I want to make this permanent? No, I didn't think about making it permanent. I just, because the deal was I was going to do it till the end of the season. And... Um, my remit was get the smiles back on faces, yeah. play attacking f- football, get the staff going. Um, and it's just, it's one of them. Go one in, be yourself. Yeah, one about trust your players. Though, was No, it? it was decent, to yeah. be fair. So it's one of them things that you, I knew there was talent in this group. Just It's just about finding it. Yeah, do you know when you went on that run of, is it 12 out of 13 or something like that? And then we play PSG. Yeah. And then it's as if everything just collapsed and bad yeah. results, and yeah. you, you know it was a poor end towards the end of the season. Yeah. Is there any reason? It's there's small little fine. There's a fine yeah. line between winning and losing. Because you were games. flying, you're thinking, yeah. "Wow, this is unbelievable." It was euphoria in the dressing room, obviously, yeah. and I don't think the players had had that feeling of winning that bigger game for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. Of course, they won the Europa League a few years earlier, and it was just. Unbelievable. Gaffer was in the dressing room. Eric came in, Cantona. Yeah. I've got a great picture. And it's one of them that we couldn't recreate that. Mm. Due to, I don't know, but it, we got some bad injuries as yeah. well and mental tiredness in the group. And they weren't mentally strong enough. No. So when did you start thinking, hmm? Might be able to get this job for real now. <laughs> Probably when we beat PSG. <laughs> <laughs> Gary gave us a kiss on TV. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. I didn't really. Uh, I didn't think too much about it because I'd. I did have a little feeling they'd done a deal with someone, but so I'm just going to enjoy it. And uh, what did your family think, particularly your children? Of course, they're big man, big reds, and they're so proud. And. They they believe in the dad, don't they? So they, I've always been the number one in the world for them. So uh, apart from Wayne Rooney, though, <laughs> uh, and it was just one of them things that you. My family loves it back home in Norway. I have to say, uh, if there's one place and it's the only place in the world I could have moved them away from Norway to, it's Manchester. That's the I, and I know, and it's the only place I would have as well because we were settled back home. How long did they live in Norway for then? About eight years. So, uh, so they've actually spent more of their lives probably, well... Yeah, Noah was eldest. 11. Noah was 11 when we moved back. Karna was eight and Elijah was two. And then we... So we stayed in Norway for eight years. On the minus, plus minus eight months in Cardiff. Yeah. Uh, but I was the first six months on my own there as well. So, so now we're uh, back in the house that we started building in 2007. So one year on, have you enjoyed the last year? I've absolutely it? loved it. I might look 10 years older, but uh, that's just the way, the way it is. You you absolutely love uh, going into work with these people, with the staff, with the players. Fantastic. And just to know that you have the responsibility of this club to move it forward is, is great. Yes, I love that. I say to people constantly, I'm like, my favourite thing, it's just, it just looks so happy. You just look like you're <laughs> loving it. And yeah. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I do. I hate losing. So sometimes, yeah, I'm a bit down, but... It's uh, not for the lack of, lack of effort now. I know the boys, the great attitude, the group is moving forward. The, cult, the culture that's seen here now 
miles better than towards the end of last season. Well, an expression that's been used quite a lot, I think, by, by fans and maybe from inside the club is the idea of a cultural reboot yep. in that the style of football is now very different. It's much more Manchester United historically. And even if the results aren't always exactly what people want, they can see that what's happening is totally different to how it was under the previous managers. And have you felt a responsibility to make that shift or is it natural for you? It's natural to me to manage this way, but it's come down back to because I've been molded and I've learned all my management skills from the gaffer, really. Mm. But I love giving young players a chance. I love being direct going forward when the possibilities there yeah we, we need that we need to be better at controlling and dominating games yeah. but that will come with with uh, experience we have a young team we have the youngest team in the Premier League which is one in one way fantastic in another way we know that's when you're going to get this inconsistency I think when you look at games and you just said it there about the consistency and we're level with Liverpool against the top six but then you play against the lesser teams who like Everton Sheffield United and Southampton, lesser the, teams. Everton spent more money than well, last a few year, last few yeah, years, but, haven't they? And but I mean, in, they in, in like stature and stuff. The top six. I know. What you yeah, mean. but coming to Old Trafford, you think you know that teams are just going to come and and sit, yeah. and it's only because they, they've they, because they are so young, they're naive to it of how to break teams down, and I think at times when we have gone one 0 up, is that when you should control the games, but because they're still a little bit gung go and think. Or we're going to get two, three, four. Yeah. Which we all want them to do. We all, yeah. Which there's, there's we always fi- used to do. That's a fine line. Yeah. Because um, if you won the up and you get the second, you're nailed yeah. on to win the game more yeah. or less. So we, we don't want to take that away from them. Now it's about learning the de- decision making on when to slow the game down, when to quicken it up. But that's through the experience. It'll come. Yeah. It'll come. Yeah. And, but of course, you go back to what you asked about. I think it's. Man United style is to be attacking. We need to try to win the games in the way that Sir Alex teams did and the Busby Babes did. We want to win that way. It's not always going to happen, but that's what we have to aim for and strive for, winning in the right style. We have a responsibility and a duty for everyone who wants to come and watch us. But we're getting goals now. We're scoring goals in the last eight games. I take the Astana game away from it because it was such a positive experience anyway for everyone uh, the kids you didn't spend four days on a train with him <laughs> oh no you're right for the last eight we've scored 20 we won five uh, with Partizan Brighton Alkmaar Alkmaar beat Ajax the other day yeah. just after the, we beat them so we are on our way yeah. uh, right let's talk about the fans we yep. have got some fan questions okay. for you brilliant um, I am lucky enough and privileged enough to be at Old Trafford every week and yep. hear the crowd singing your name constantly and to see that you go and give them that reaction back. But I think a lot of these people are people that probably don't get to come to Old Trafford that often and see yep. that, uh, which I think is nice. And very quickly, have you ever sung along to Ollie's at the Wheel and how do you feel about that song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course I've sung. Uh, That's brilliant. Sung Such along. a good tune. Yeah, how did you not sing along? It was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And uh, I'm a Stone Roses fan as well. So uh, uh, I've been guilty of that. Yes. Did you ever sing um, David May Superstar? Yeah, many times. Did you? Many, many times. He's got mo- much <laughs> more medals than Shearer. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's okay. pick a few. Go yeah, you firstly, Sirab um, has got two questions. What is something he picked up from Fergie and brought it into his management style? And what is something he chose not to adopt? Um, we'll go with the second part of that question because we've, we've kind of answered the first one. Anything that you've chosen not to adopt um, from We're Sir different Alex? personalities, so... I can't try to be Sir Alex. So if I play cards with the boys, I'm not going to start arguing and fighting with the, <laughs> <laughs> with the players. <laughs> no, we're, uh, most of uh, my management skills I've I've seen from the from the gaffer. I've got to say, it's it was the best at it. He, if he speaks to you, David, he speaks in one way. If he speaks to a foreign player, he speaks a different way. If he speaks to a youth team player, he adapts to every single situation. He goes into the canteen, speaks to everyone. So you've got to, it's not, you've got to adapt to whoever you speak to. And that's, his man management skills were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one uh, just on the end of that question is, what do you want for Christmas? Three points, Three I'm points. guessing. That's yeah. what everybody else you know, my uh, my son uh, Elijah, he's got this uh, Christmas jumper. All I want for Christmas is goals. It's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic jumper, and that's right. that's what we want. Yeah. 
Talking talking of Christmas Day, yours yeah. is the twenty fourth, is it? Ah, uh, yeah, we celebrate Christmas twenty so fourth. Christmas Day is the twenty fifth for us. Yeah, and at three o'clock, yeah, the Queen's speech comes out. Yeah, what do the Norwegians do at three o'clock? Three o'clock. Yeah, probably in the family lunch. What's on TV then? And did this with Victor yesterday. Victor, do you Victor got the Queen's it. Speech every year? No, no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you because uh, no, no, no. I've, I'm, it's a Norwegian tradition. No, I mean the family. Um, What's on TV at three o'clock? Norwegian time. He wants Do you to say Donald Duck. It's not Donald Duck at three o'clock. It is. No, <laughs> you can't say it is. It is. He's no. from Norway. That's that's on the on Christmas Eve. Yeah, like well, same earlier thing. on Sorry. in the morning, D- Donald Duck's see. on telly, yeah? And see, told yeah. you. Yeah. Told you. No, you yeah. didn't. Okay, a lot of people used, always used to watch that. Always Donald Duck. <laughs> when they had the, the snowball fight with the castle and stuff. There you go. Right. See? Okay, sure. So this one, a lot of people sent this, but I think Mohammed Butt was first. Who put the ball in the Germans' net? Well, that was me and Teddy. <laughs> um, another one here. I'd just love to know, is it all he hoped it would be? In what ways, yes, and in what ways, no. That's Matt White. I'm assuming he means the job. The job. It's what I hope. Uh, well, it's it was it changed so much the club from when Sir Alex left and to when I came back. So gradually, we're trying to uh, find a way of moving forward with what was good in the past and what was good then and what's needed to change in the... But yeah, it's the best job in the world and it's probably the maybe the last one I'm going to have. <laughs> well, fingers crossed it is, isn't you? Yeah, right? exactly. For 25 years, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Chris on Twitter said, how do you feel about Sky Sports putting a camera on United's playbook when Mason Greenwood was getting ready to come on? There's no, no secrets there, so don't worry about that. That's, uh, Mason, sh- Mason should have known that anyway. Yeah. He's... He, um, he should have been looking at uh, his roles and responsibilities before. No worries. I like this question here, Dan from Tel Aviv. What was your favourite Man United goal to not be scored by you? Oh, Eric Cantona. Eric Cantona, Sunderland, when he chip. when the chip and the celebration. Wow, it's just yeah, it's one of them. Yeah. What about you, Maisie? Hats off. Uh, do you know what? That'd be up there. I set it up. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you look at the archives of MUTV we'll get it on you get worry. it on I fire the ball into Eric he does a little turn yeah. one two with Chucky and Dink yeah, see yeah, all yeah. he doesn't even yeah, remember yeah, yeah, yeah. so no, I was thinking Chucky Chucky is the assist yeah well it's got to start at the back it's got to start at the back start the best pass at the back you're a kick off so actually Ollie gets an assist as well because you're a kick off okay you guys all have lives to get back to uh, so yeah. we do have to finish this Ollie it's been an unbelievable pleasure that's been fantastic one more question sorry yeah, is there okay. anybody you recommend for us to do a little podcast with of the players or yeah. uh, anybody I think there'd be many many uh, good ones here you're the gaffer you can just nominate now <laughs> you can say oh, yeah. Yeah. podcast I'd like to uh, Karen wouldn't let Mason do one of these no Why chance not? he said <laughs> no we don't we don't let him no, I think Rashi, I think Rashi would be a, a very good one Marcus is such a mature kid on uh, young shoulders and what about previous players previous players with? I'd love to have one with Eric mm. yeah of course said that, yeah. yeah of course Roy it might be difficult to get Roy to sit down with yeah, Macy yeah. you never know but Juan <laughs> Sebastian Seba I, I, w- I would get to know Seba a little bit more as well and will you listen to them yeah, definitely. Of course. I will now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ollie. Ollie, thank Cheers, you so much. Brilliant. Cheers. Pleasure. Thank you. So that was our chat with Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer after his first year at United. Still going strong. Second place finish. Runners up in the Europa League final. That wasn't the best out, was it? Um, but Macy still happy? Still think he's doing a good job? I do, yeah. I do. I, I do think we're going in the right direction. Uh, big summer for us coming up. I do think we need uh, three or four additions and uh, hopefully we'll be um, right up there challenging City and uh, well, we're not ch- challenging Liverpool either because we got past them. So it would be, be against City. Do you think the um, the world has changed in the way that recruitment happens? In like United will have probably you know, found who they want to get this summer. But Ollie told us, of course, that they were looking at Ronnie Johnson. And Jim Ryan was there watching Ronnie Johnson. Ollie happened to play well in that game and they bought him as well. Yeah, scored two in that game. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that could still happen? I don't see why not, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just because you, you send in a scout out there or a, a coach to go out there to see somebody and uh, I'm sure if somebody 
else comes on the radar, absolutely, you've got to take every player as you can. And wow, looking back at that, I mean, I remember Ollie coming to the club and he looked like a little schoolboy. Still does now that knacks me. But um, no, he's, he's, he's done a good job. I know, I know. He's done a good job. He has. And uh, as I say, a few additions. I do really, I, I, I do fancy us next year or next season to do well. Uh, also, Maisie, he said he uh, went into management because he met Sir Alex Ferguson and worked with him. Did you ever have any temptations? Uh, no. <laughs> no, but Ollie's, um, I think the way Ollie used to do things, you know, off the pitch as well, write down training sessions and stuff like that. He was geared to, to become a manager and be a coach. So I like the fact that, you know, when United try to get in touch with Ollie, he's got an 0161 number. Um, trying to call him, he's thinking who the hell's this. And the fact that it's a club asking him if he wants to take the job. 0161 is the code for Manchester for anybody listening outside of Manchester. And likewise then, he's trying to get in touch with Mick Phelan to become his right-hand man. And Mick's thinking, who's this number ringing me all the time? And even Sir Alex as well. Maybe the role thought, you know, maybe Mick were thinking, what's he done wrong? Because that's whatever happens when the gaffer rings you. you your first instinct is, what have I done wrong? Just because we're talking about him, I saw Sir Alex Ferguson not that long ago and we haven't spoken about it, which Ooh, I think friends. is a shame. Well, oh. he was at Old Trafford for the Leicester Scholes game. Scholes gaffer doing, friends. He was doing a load of, um, he was doing some interviews ahead of his film before that came out and he I was sat outside in the stadium and he just walked outside to get a bit of sunlight I think and I was just staring at him and in, and I was only like three feet away and in my mind I was going you can't just keep staring at him because he looked at me once sort of smiled and looked away and I thought now I should look away and I just couldn't I it's like an eclipse I just couldn't not look at him I was just staring and he looked back at me maybe and I thought oh god I've made him feel uncomfortable and he chuckled to himself and he went you asked ridiculous questions on that podcast and then I had a real good laugh. So I was like, he watches. He's seen the podcast. He knows it's a thing. So I immediately Sam, sorry, say, you know that you're saying this to all of our listeners, that you're admitting yeah. that Sir Alex said that to you? Yeah, fine. That's okay. Just in case you want to edit that bit out, that's fine. It's one of the proudest moments of my life. <laughs> I want to know, did you ask him if he's going to come on it? It's the first thing I said. I was like, are you going to come on? And he said, I will come on if you sack David May. And then he laughed his head off. And that was the end of our conversation. But I also saw him about half an hour later because he was talking to Wes Brown, who I was working with for MUTV. So I just walked over to sort of say to Wes, we've got to get on. And so Alex was there and he did it again. And he held his hands up and he did like big print letters. He went, listen, as soon as I see it, I want it in the papers. May sacked. <laughs> and then he laughed his head off again and then he wandered off. So he will come on the podcast, but we have to sacrifice Maisie for it. <laughs> no. Another chance. We're, we're a team, Sam. Not doing it. No. Not doing it. <laughs> That's that brilliant. wasn't my first thought. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sam cool. making brilliant, friends. Brilliant story. Sam Is that the first friends. time you've met him? Uh, no, I had met him before, but it's the first time I've like properly spoken to him. Yeah. Like, and and like he's maybe known that I wasn't just some mad fan. I'm not sure he knew that. No, well, he definitely thought that. <laughs> Did but you get a photograph, had... Sam? No, because I thought. <sighs> That's not cool, is it? Everybody's trying to get a photograph. He already thinks I'm ridiculous. That's all I need. I don't need a picture. Wasn't that the United-Leicester game? It was the United-Leicester game, yeah. Wasn't Mr. Johnny Evans at that game? Yeah, I messaged to say I was going to try and find him and do a one-on-one podcast, <laughs> but there were too many COVID protocols. I couldn't get to him. Uh, one day. One day. One day. Maybe. You Listen, know. do you know what? We were just waiting for him to add FA Cup medal mm. to his collection before he came on the pod. Nice. Right, should we do some emails and then go? <laughs> yep. David Lightfoot said, Hi guys, I just want to say thank you so much for bringing the podcast to all United fans. I started listening during lockdown. While I've been on furlough from work, I really enjoyed the Patrice Everett and Albert Morgan. was absolutely amazing. I've met him in Sainsbury's and he's awesome. I've met Maisie many times during my job as a chauffeur. What a top bloke. Oh, David Lightfoot, do you know him? He's a chauffeur. Yeah, top fella. Top, top fella, Dave. As for future guests, how about someone from the 80s like Arthur Graham, Arnold Murren or Remy Moses? Thanks, guys. Going to catch up from the start now. Dave Lightfoot from Withenshaw. Thank you very much awesome. indeed. Thank you, uh, David. Some good suggestions there. 
Yeah, very good. I've got one from Karen Jane who says, Hi team, absolutely loving the podcast. It's the perfect end to a long work day from home here. I so wish we could have episodes as long as the one with Peter Schmeichel as I could listen to people talk about United all day long. I'm 20 and have been following United for 12 years now. I would personally love to listen to Gary Neville and Michael Carrick, all amazing club captains. Can't wait for more. Karen from India. Karen, thank you so much. We will uh, we'll get in touch with Gary and uh, Michael and see what they say, I suppose. Michael Carrick. We need to get Michael Carrick in the bag, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. Right, guys, that is it for another week. Remember, the best place to listen to our podcast is over on the official Manchester United app, where if you register your email, you can watch all of our back catalogue in full for free. Plus, there's your usual listening options too. Remember, you can write to us, unitedpodcast.manunited.co.uk. That address is in the episode notes, as always. Have a great week. Bye.